0: Your hosts, Brian Fry, Chad Robinson, Destin Melbarnes, Lizzie Haynes, and Russell Guest, coming now to headphones in your ears. Welcome, all you lords, ladies, and knights of the Retro Movie Roundtable. Welcome to the show where we watch movies and then talk about them. I'm your host, Russell Guest, and joining me today, right next to me, right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Mr. Chad Robinson. How you doing, sir?
1: It has been like two years since we've done this in person. It has. It's been That's a long time. Yeah,
0: it's been a long time since the pandemic, and uh, I guess this marks that it's over. I guess so. There you go. There will be much rejoicing here in 2023. So, sure. and more rejoicing. You know why? Why? We're bringing on an old-time friend and first-time guest. So new to the show, Mister Alex Payton from Charleston, West Virginia. How you doing, sir?
2: Good yourself.
0: Awesome. Now let's get weird today. What do you say? I'm. I'm down. All right. All right. So, Alex, in the theme of today's movie, what is your favorite Weird Al song and video? And they may or may not be one and the same. That's so
2: hard to say. And, you know, I've thought about this considerably, but I'm going to have to go back to Fat. Um, Simply because that was my introduction to Weird Al. Um, And I got the song first from a friend of mine growing up. Then we we saw the video. It was so amazing because it was so spot on to Michael Jackson's "Bad," which was amazing. And and that seems to be, you know, the theme with "Weird Al." It's so close to the original, but yet it's "Weird Al," and that's what makes "Weird Al" "Weird Al," right?
0: Absolutely.
2: But it's it's hard to say. I mean, there's just so many, and they're all just so good. But I'm definitely going with "Fat."
0: All right. Large and in charge, Chad. What about you? What's your what? How are you? Big big task
1: here. I know, I know. When I was little, I had all the cassettes, and the club was called a close personal friend of Owl. So I have that to my name. I am a close personal friend of Owl, according to the man himself. But I'm going with a newer edition. I like White and Nerdy. That's a good one. Is that new?
2: I mean, I don't. I mean, we're we're getting up there. You know that, right? Yeah. Like we're all closing on forty here. Is White and Nerdy really new? It's true
1: for for him i feel like it's newer he hasn't
2: released much I, I since look, i'm gonna look that up
1: <laughs> since like 2018 and 2018 was just a compilation but
2: yeah
1: Donnie yeah, donny osman in the background just dancing like a dork i still use whiter than sour cream <laughs> everything about that i love
2: it 2006
1: yeah yeah my daughter <laughs> listened to semi-charm kind of life I was like, oh, you like this song. And then I started thinking, I was like, that song is 26 years old. Oh,
0: yes. yeah. Yeah, it is. And mine's, mine's going to be back in that era as well. I'm between your guys' era and this one. I'm going to go with I Remember Larry. It's not a single. It's just a – It's an original too. It's a, it's a Weird Al original, but I, I really love uh, – I love it when uh, Weird Al was pranked by his uh, – this annoying acquaintance of larry yes. and then it was uh, a really good gag it doesn't doesn't really go well for larry in the end so i won't say i won't spoil the song but it's a, it's a great listen off the bad hair day album so my favorite video though is smells like nirvana so
1: the song that revitalized his career yeah it,
0: it just was so good um what's the last movie you saw alex
2: well the last actual movie i saw was uhf because i own a copy and you know i watched it to read up for this um before that, the last movie I watched at home was PCU because I finally pulled the trigger and paid way too much for that DVD than what I should have. Uh, and the last movie I saw in the theaters was Top Gun Maverick.
0: Excellent. Yes, that continues to be like that. That just seems to be the <laughs> ongoing answer for everybody's last movie is Top Gun Maverick. So. I, I
2: should realistically, I should have seen Avatar by now, but I've just I've been busy.
0: That's right. But you need to clear out your schedule because it, it's a time it's commitment. Like three plus hours, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, So, have you guys No, I haven't seen it yet. No. No, Chad, what was the last movie you saw?
1: In honor of our movie today, I watched the most accurate biography of all time, Weird, the Al Yankovich story. Nice. So, that is on Roku. It's free. Check it out. Very, oh, very true. I, I've
2: been meaning to watch that as well. It is fantastic. Excellent. and uh, and then the last movie I watched
0: which was uh gravity which it's a good movie man I didn't see it when it first came out so
1: that's a Sandra bulk uh, George, George Clooney, Clooney. yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah yep and uh I guess it got pressed for being not realistic enough for Neil deGrasse Tyson but I mean it was it was it was fun enough for me to have fun with so I had a great time with it so
1: that guy just hates fun
0: so to today what are we gonna be covering here Chad
1: we are gonna do 1989's UHF.
0: All right. Now, UHF comes out in 1989, as you pointed out. It has a budget of only $5 million. It grosses. It is profitable. It is considered <laughs> a failure, but it is profitable. at $6.1 million domestically. Orion Pictures went bankrupt before this film was actually released, though, so they had no publicity, no budget to push this movie, so it underperformed at the box office. It went up against some pretty mean ones, too, that year. It had Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Lethal Weapon 2... License to Kill, When Harry Met Sally, Do the Right Thing, Weekend at Bernie's, Batman, I mean, just like... It is is just... It is a good year for movies. It is a good summer for movies, and UHF was buried. So it's only... This is a lowly 105 in the box office. Um, It comes in just behind Music Box and ahead of Shirley Valentine. The number one movie from 89, as mentioned, was Batman from 1989. IMDb, not kind to UHF. It gives it a 6.9. The critics of Rotten Tomatoes give it a 61%. This this doesn't feel right. The audience comes to its aid a little bit at 77%. No awards to show for it. And Ebert called uh, Yankovic's lack of screen presence... uh, a dissipated vacuum, center of many scenes, one star. So um, Ebert, not hot for this. He so. liked
1: it more than Siskel, though. That's true. <laughs> Siskel, Siskel said,
0: never has a comedy tried so hard and then failed so often to be funny. Zero stars, which I don't even consider. Like, when you're filling out things on other websites, half a star is usually the minimum. So Siskel bottomed out beyond the, ha- the bottom. I
1: bar. mean, he set that bar in 1989, but Bucky Larson comes out like that has to be the zero star floor. Nothing could be worse.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I, I like a Leonard molten if it's bad enough, just says bomb.
1: Yes, <laughs> like so. <laughs> um,
0: Alex, had you seen UHF before? What was your background with it? Where did you first see it?
2: I' pretty sure I saw UHF. I, I did not obviously see it in the theaters. There were I was five, and there were a bunch of other movies that made a whole lot more sense for my parents to take me to you know, in 1989. Again, I, I said a, a, a friend of mine who lived down the street introduced me to uh, to Weird Al. And Chad, I, I as well had a CD box of nice. all Weird Al CDs. For years, I only listened to Weird Al. That was just my thing. And I finally got into other real music, but still, Al. Anyway, yes, uh, I believe that my buddy and I were at Blockbuster one one Friday evening. He was a couple years older than me, and he goes oh, it's a Weird Al movie. It's finally out on VHS or they finally have it on the shelf or something along those lines. We got it. We, we rented it. We probably didn't understand half of it the first time we saw it, but it was absolutely hysterical. I would like to add, too, that when I watched it the other night uh, in preparation for this, my wife watched it for the first time. Um, she did not understand a lot of the parody films, <laughs> She to considerably at it, which... I think is a even more thumbs up for it because it was funny, you know, this many years later to someone who doesn't quite understand all the the parody lines. So,
0: I think Weird Al's music is funny on its own even if you don't know what it's parodying. And I think like that that's one of the things that makes Al really successful and last a long time. So, it doesn't make it doesn't surprise me to hear you say that. Like if you don't know what he's parodying, he's still funny.
1: Yeah. I feel like stuff like My Bologna is uh that's a tougher sell if you don't know my sharona
0: it's still funny i mean yeah. you know i mean oh ricky you're so fine like you know the yeah. lucy song
2: i mean like, the, i walked on so jeopardy God. man yeah yes. I, I mean this stuff's just funny so. yeah
1: yeah so many people i i feel a little bad for coolio like i've had people say oh amish he, he ripped off amish paradise <laughs> Like, no he ripped off stevie wonder <laughs> <laughs>
0: Chad, how about you? What was your first time with UHF?
1: I think I saw it, oh geez, it's, it's been over 20 years ago. And I'll be honest, seeing the intro, I don't have any recollection of the intro to this movie at all. So I think it was something that was playing on VHS or one of those that, this film has a weird history where it was pulled due to Orion's rights and you couldn't watch it for about a decade or so it was 2001 that was re-released on dvd so yeah i i don't think i appreciated it like i was now a fan i saw the movie for weird al but i i don't think i had a a lot of fun i think i was kind of bored during the time so i was nervous coming back to this one but it's aged better than i thought Okay. I enjoy it more now than I did then, definitely.
0: Wow. The story about a UHF TV station is aging well. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, there's a Halloween uh, horror movie that's sort of like this that does a bunch of parody uh, uh, comedy commercials and it's styled in that cheesy 80s movie. Uh, so, getting to revisit all those cheesy attorney commercials and car sales commercials, it's like, yeah. I, I'm into this now. I, I'm into this anti- satire.
0: Alex, do you feel like it's aging well for you?
2: I, I Watching it again the other night, it is... And, and I, I go back and watch... When I go back and watch movies, I always see if they hold the test of time. This one absolutely held the test of time. Now, maybe it's because I loved it so much then and I, I still love it, but I, I just think it. there's so much in it that holds the test of time.
0: Yeah. And I was, a, I think I was in, I'm pretty sure it was ninth grade. I saw the Weird Al behind the music special on Weird Al and in it they covered UHF. And I was a Weird Al fan of the music, certainly by this time, for sure. And I was not aware. I felt, I felt disserviced, to like, why has nobody told me about this? <laughs>
2: like we said earlier, it just, it just got completely buried with an amazing amount of movies that came out. And I, I would like to say, I'd like to go back and correct myself. It's not comedy gold. It is officially comedy platinum. Because it has gone platinum. I looked it up. Nice.
0: <laughs> and I I went out and got a copy of it. and uh, from I think it was from a rental store. And it was great. I, I know I had seen the cover actually beforehand. I felt extra bad. I was like, oh, I feel like I have walked by this before and been like, that's a movie. <laughs> and I like kept going by without going like, no, that is Weird Al in the cover. I don't know how I didn't notice this before. Like, I judged a book by its cover, and I felt bad. So I didn't look closely enough. And it was great. It holds up really well. I've come back to it off and on. And so I never really – I never had that like, oh, I put this down too long kind of thing. So I love it. So have you seen them live, by the way, Alex?
2: I have at the Clay Center. Yeah.
0: Yes. It is an experience, is it not?
2: It is. It's, I, I hold it up there to, to something like the Blue Man Group.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, Chad. I mean,
1: I I do. I have seen a fair amount of concerts. Nothing close to Russell, but I still think it's top. It, it might be the best concert I've ever been to. Which which sounds high
2: praise. High praise.
1: <laughs> sounds bad, but it's so much fun. I, it's Russell sets this at uh, at around the date we were friends, and I think this is funny because. <sighs> Ha <laughs> yeah. you didn't tell us. Russell's Russell's whole thing, his whole bar of friendship is, do you like something that I do? We are now friends. I have a very different bar. And so he's like, oh yeah, we were friends. We went to the Weird Al concert. I was like, no, you were the random kid that said, hey, do you want to go to the Weird Al concert? Which was a huge blessing. It, I it asked awesome. you because we were friends, not because... Not be,
2: I didn't just well, go well, down I, the hallway being like, you, you want to go? Friends? <laughs> <laughs> no, is that how you guys became friends? You went to a Weird Al concert? Well, Chad says yes. So this is,
0: like, I mean, I think you even said, like, I went home and to my dinner, like, like, dinner's like, hey, can I go to the Weird Al concert with Russell? And you're like, who is he? Is like, some kid at school. Right. And I'm like, and I was more of the line. I was like, hey, which one of my friends likes Weird Al? I know Chad likes Weird Al. So I'm going to ask him. And he said, yeah, I'll go with you, which we were friends. So I knew you liked Weird Al's because we <laughs> Cause we were already friends in my book. So I hadn't crossed the gateway for no. threshold for friendship for Chad yet. So no. I'm really glad I invited you now because um, Ooh, apparently man. I thought we were friends and we weren't. So <laughs>
1: it just takes, it takes a little more. Yeah. So,
0: apparently but... we're only acquaintances. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you, if you think you're friends with somebody, but you're not sure, invite them to a concert. They'll have a great time. But the weird out concert is there's no, it's, it's, not just a concert like he does amazing costume work there's videos why he's changing and stuff like that it is a unique experience it's just so much fun it's, it's like, an I,
2: experience it's it's not just a concert it's definitely an experience absolutely
1: and you'll get songs that you can't hear anywhere else i still remember it, it was like my delivery will go on it was a parody of my heart will go on and he does it in a dominoes costume cannot hear that anywhere else
0: Yep, Al's Al's amazing, and we are going to spoil this movie, so if you haven't seen this treasure from the 80s, uh, you're going to want to go back, watch it, and come back after this. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you!
2: Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join
0: us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too!
2: It's the All Avius Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe, and happy listening.
0: All right, we're back. And for those who haven't seen UHF, this is your final warning. There are spoilers that lie ahead. Thumbs will be cut off, and you won't want to know that stuff. So you're going to want to turn this off right now if you don't know what we're talking about. If you haven't seen it. Dare to this, be so. stupid, dare to be stupid. Or if you're spoiler if you're not like I am by all means just spoil yourself just go for it. All right, Chad, do you want to refresh people's memories with what happens in
1: UHF? I've got a list of spoilers later on that it's just going to upset you. But no, I'll spoil this movie. George, George Newman is a daydreaming young man who drifts through life with his friend Bob after being fired from yet another job and thinking, "Why does this always happen to me?" George is given one last opportunity as a station manager for a local channel, U62, a UHF station due to his uncle winning the station in a high-start stakes card game. The station's a mess and nearly goes bankrupt. Things spiral out of control and George loses his girl and his will to perform Uncle Nutzy's Playhouse. It's just one of those days, so he puts Stan Spadowski, the slow but sweet janitor, on air in his place. Might say the audience was addicted to spuds, and U62 becomes number one in local viewings, seemingly having a motto of dare to be stupid, with hit shows like Wheel of Fish and Conan the Librarian, which I would watch every single day if that existed. (laughs) RJ Fletcher is a national station manager who grows jealous of George's success, saying I can't watch this, and attempts to buy out the station from George's uncle, who owes $75,000 in gambling debts. George is given 48 hours and not one more minute to come up with the money or the station will be demolished. The crew put together a telethon, but Stan, who has become the star of Stan Spadowski's Clubhouse, is kidnapped by Fletcher's goons. George and friends race to save George and expose RJ as the corrupt corporate tool that he is. Close, but no cigar. They succeed and even raise the, fu- the needed funds with the help of a homeless man who buys the remaining shares. R.J. says, I'll sue you, but has his license revoked by the FCC. George's girl says, I want to be your lover. And the station is a huge success for all the couch potatoes out there. Good enough for now.
0: How many Weird Al references did you just make? Twelve, Twelve. Sir. Thank you. Okay.
2: Can, can, I, can I butt in here and, and just say something also? That $75,000 in 1989 is the equivalent of $180,000 today. So a UHF TV station was worth one hundred and eighty thousand dollars.
1: That is hard-hitting journalism.
2: Poker game. That is a true high-stakes poker game. Even if it is a failing station that George and his uh, his buddy there, uh, you know, bring back to life.
0: His uncle seems so deliciously sleazy. Yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> but yet controlled by his wife. Completely and utterly controlled by his wife.
0: Stanley Brock is just very, very good. Just so again, like I said, he's uh, you can totally buy him like riding these waves and dips and falling into the pool with the set like the 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 cordless phone and stuff like that. It just uh, and he's like, I'm going away on business. Air quotes.
2: (laughs) So gambling the business to some folks, man. So I mean, that's so first thing, Alex is
0: this is we mentioned UHF station which. This I guess for some who may not remember this is ultra high frequency TV this is a this is your local TV station shows that's not getting over the air over the air yeah hi- correct
1: hyper local
0: yeah so this is even more i mean now we have podcasts and youtube and all kinds of ways just to get your voice out there well, but you
2: can you can still hook a set of rabbit ears up to your television your television has a digital decoder in it However, there are no UHF or VHS, VHF over the air broadcast. It's all a digital broadcast that is received by an antenna, either in your attic or a set of rabbit ears on the back of your TV. And then there's a, you know, a computer board that decodes that signal and pops it out on your TV in, you know, 1080p for absolutely free. And the technology's the same. Well, not the same. The, the result is still the same. It's just much, much better and goes significantly further. However, I mean, this is how TV was back in the day before cable. You had UHF and VHF.
0: Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things that might get lost on somebody watching this today. Of In a day where like chocolate rain can become like uh, cool. uh, the recipient of millions of viewers and stuff like that. I mean, this is something that wouldn't have been... Appreciated necessarily. So the notion of taking over your whole community, getting everybody, and I think this movie shot in Tulsa. I don't know that they boasted it is, on yeah. sleeve, but I mean, the notion of getting everybody in Tulsa to just fall in love with their local yokels is actually
2: really funny. Also, remember that this is, um, you know, especially with the telethon in the end, you know, this 1989 is when, you know, that's, that's kind of when UHF and, and over the air stations like that were fading away. Yeah. Coming in. You've got giant satellite dishes in your backyard. I mean, where early DirecTV and, and Dish Network, or you know, whatever they were called back then. I mean, I just remember the satellite dishes or our buddies that had them. Uh, but this when this movie was released, UHF television was still a thing. So, which is which is more interesting to think about because you know, hey, this is this is something that's going out, support your local, you know, UHF. TV with a with a telethon. So,
0: I think it's interesting how this movie and Wayne's World both capture this notion of like you know Wayne's World is another one of these things of like some dudes in their basement, you right. know, like local broadcasting and captivating their whole community. And both of them are really kind of interesting in that way. They capture kind of the end of an era. To your point, Alex, things are about to change for how people consume stuff. So. If anything's dated, it's probably the concept. But even with that, I'm gonna ask another question. Does it matter? Does it matter that like if somebody comes and picks this up today? You said your wife was new to it. I mean, does that change how somebody comes to it now?
2: I, I had to I had to explain what it was, but I mean, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I mean, she understood the concept, and once once I explained it, I mean, it was it, it was all good. So so, I mean, so it
0: needs a disclaimer on there at the beginning <laughs> kind <of> no, like... <laughs> no, I,
2: the weird part is I have rabbit ears on my TV in the living room i I just do I mean i I can still pick up local news and there's there's about I don't know fifteen channels that I can pick up you know if my direct TV ever goes out i can I can still watch a football game <laughs> so it's it's important to have that uh, that backup
0: yeah and honestly to your point the cord Cutter's guide for a while, that was part of it, you know. In order to get your locals, you could you could cut the cord and still get still use an antenna. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The leaf antennas back in the day. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. I. Some of it definitely matters. Like I see Al saying some of the things that they kept in. Like he was so blown away by the animation, and I I visit it now, and particularly the the Beverly Hillbillies section. The animation is just so early '90s, late '80s, bad.
2: So and, I so disagree with that. I think it's. I, I think it fits. It was so close to the Dire Straits video with being so different, and I mean, if you want to compare it into today's term, what's? Uh, what, what, it looks like Minecraft.
1: Yes, I mean, it, it does. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's that's a very good point. So, I don't, I don't, I can't say that it was so bad. I thought it was great for 1989. Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's, it's it's a, it's geometric and in an affectionate sort of way. So, it's simplified.
1: Yeah. It's, it's from having my six year old and seeing videos in this animation style that just produces (laughs) a, a very visceral, angry reaction.
0: But, I mean, so this is, we ha- we've talked about, like, what it is, but, like, I think this is an amazing framework for Al to do his work in. Al does parody so well, so what he's doing is he's parodying local broadcast and local commercials and, you know, low-end, you know, like you, like you said, commercials you know, and stuff like that. So speaking, th- of
2: lo- speaking of local commercials, I think it was the, the the one local commercial for the car lot is the <laughs> most risque scene in the entire movie.
1: You don't think tossing poodles out a window?
2: No. he no? The, the car dealer, a Crazy crazy Eddie, I think it was Crazy yeah, something it, like clubbing. that. It was, it was the clubbing seals. If shields. you don't come down here and buy this car, he's going to club a baby seal, which was a big And, I mean, to throw that in there, I mean, yeah, throw poodles out the window is, is pretty bad to make sure they can fly or teach them to fly, rather. <laughs> um, literally clubbing a baby seal if you don't come down and buy a car.
1: There's like a mound of dead poodles there, and, that
2: and, and that's funny that you say that because that is such a quick uh, edit. You know, it's it's just in the in the house, out of the house, or out of the apartment, and then back in. And if you don't if you don't know what you're looking for, and you haven't watched this movie a few times. Yeah, there's a pile of dead poodles out there.
0: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a PETA expert, but wouldn't they get upset over the ant farm? Like like treating it like an extra sketch when it's like, look at this. It they, they takes the months to dig all these little tunnels and he shakes up and <laughs> <laughs> down. I don't think. think that... th- oh, man, they really hate it when I do that. <laughs> yeah, there were no ants in How there.
2: While we're either. talking about Trinidad Silva here, I don't know if you guys know this, but did you know that he is a Mexican music superstar? who co-founded uh, a very classic Mexican band called Los Tigres de Norte. I mean, he's no. sold, he, he's, he's done, t- this guy is a professional musical showman. I, I, I have I have no clue, like, <laughs> I mean, like this this guy has records upon records upon records.
0: <laughs> so this is Raul from Raul's Wild Kingdom yes. in, the, in the bedroom, we should mention for those of people who are refreshing uh, back up on this, but yeah uh and that, that that is trinidad silva is, is who alex is mentioning i knew he had died yeah. during the filming of this in a tragic car accident the movie's dedicated to him and he was supposed to have more scenes which it's a shame because he's really funny he
1: he starts off so great i was like man i would i would legit listen to this guy's nature show he just has such enthusiasm and then he tosses the turtle
2: he's, yeah they have turtles suckers. are not nature not <laughs> <somewhere>. so <yeah. laughs>
1: That's what Pete is getting angry about. I don't know that there were ants in After ant
0: after, after about five turtles, Chad realized that part was not actually true. Yes.
2: But if anybody from PETA is listening to this, Chad does not. I don't believe he licks turtles and throws them on the ceiling for suction cup action.
0: So. <laughs> after the fifth
2: time, he stopped doing it.
0: Uh-huh. No. No. No
2: animals were harmed in the making of this podcast.
0: That's right. But it, it, it's a good format. Get Al- Al has freedom within this. He can change what he's doing by changing what program he's showing so quickly so it's able to give a scattershot of things and it's it's cool to have a framework that enables you to do that. Like like when you take a road trip comedy, you can take all these diffused things that don't necessarily go together, character actors and things like that. This is another good format to do that. And I've seen people write this off as being, oh, this is a total generic thing for the time. The evil network wants to shut them down. They have to raise money and save it. But while that that part of the structure might seem similar. I think what you get from Al within that and what he does with it is certainly more than I would say generic. I don't know if that's fair.
1: That plot doesn't hurt
2: dodgeball one bit. Well, no, I, I completely agree with you, but I don't think that that's the, you know, that, that's the, the framework. And that's not what makes this movie platinum. Cause I'm, I'm saying weird Al's platinum now. No, I
0: yeah.
2: mean, it, it's everything else. Um, and you know, I, I, you know, going back to to Robert and even you know, giving it so low and saying that that you know Al's lack of of screen time. Do you consider uh, Weird Al to be the main character in this movie? I don't. I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. We well, don't, you know. don't. You don't. Oh, that's interesting. Are Tell you me. going with Stan.
2: A hundred percent
0: steals the show. He's a show stealer. There's no doubt about that. This is a pre-Seinfeld Michael Richards yes. as Stanley Spadowski. Although
1: they tried to get Jerry into this movie, that was fun. I, he would have.
0: They wanted him for Bob, which yeah. I would have really enjoyed
1: that too.
2: Movie or fifth fifth major acting role, something along those lines. Yeah,
1: yeah, he done Child's Play.
2: But I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I know George is the main character, and the the plot line follows George. But uh, you know, Stanley is the hero
0: for sure. And he definitely, I think Al, it's interesting in moments he is, like you said, he's just wacky and funny in the beginning. And I think the early scenes, the movie actually starts just starting to get going in the early minus, once you get out of the Indiana Jones parody, it kind of slows down a little bit as they're running through these dead end jobs for the first 15 minutes before they get the UHF station. So,
2: yeah. So it's something a lot of today's movies miss. They don't set characters up.
0: So... Without that Indiana Jones opening, it actually starts a bit slow. So it's good that they threw that daydream in there.
1: But then, I just came off the Walter Mitty podcast earlier this year. It's like, oh, it's daydreaming again. Yeah. Okay. This will be all a right. theme for you this, this is, year. Apparently, Yeah. This is what we're going to do. Yeah.
0: You're right. Al seems to be the the joke. And at first, when you, my first thought was like, I realized the first 15 minutes of this aren't really taking flight yet because they haven't gotten to all the shows and all the other stuff yet. Like you said, Alex, it's. Um, I don't know that if you were to write a movie today, they have the patience to wait that long to "quote unquote" get into it.
1: Mm, I mean, we've watched some slow burns before. The Witch takes what an hour and forty minutes to get to the point. It's, it's always his go-to. It's not always my go-to, but it's that's always his go-to. That's a great one to get to.
0: So, of these TV programs, I mean, we have a series of gags. Let's just get into it. Like this is when we do a comedy movie like this. Part of the fun is just saying this made me laugh. What are some of your favorite things that they just do through this UHF
2: station, Alex? My absolute favorite scene in the entire movie is the marble and the oatmeal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you get to drink from the fire
2: hose. You get to drink from the well, just the entire setup. I mean, Stanley's got his big show at this point. I mean, it's it's high dollar. He's number one, and I mean, there is a kid and two. Older people. I don't know if there is parents if they are grandparents if they're just random people. They don't. They don't say, um, it, but they are digging through a sandbox full of oatmeal. And I can't remember the, the, the kid's name, but the kid finds the the marble in the oatmeal. Stanley runs over, puts him on a dollar store, you know, nickel horse, uh, and drags him over to a fire hose, lines him a foot away from it, and then just unleashes. <laughs> flying across the stage
0: and I love how they cut to a dummy flying back like 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 a lifelight as if he's just like flying through the air
2: like lightweight It's 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 hysterical uh my my number two is spatula city which we've already talked about earlier and I got the apparently got the number wrong uh but the the my my number three for this is very 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 short very very minute you you might have missed it if you're not really paying attention but when he goes over to his girlfriend's house for dinner, um, you know, she makes mashed potatoes. He says, oh, it's my favorite. And then he's doing the Close Encounters of the Third Kind mountain with the, the mashed potatoes. And he just looks up as she is telling him about his day. He is, he's into these mashed potatoes and looks up and just goes, this is important. <laughs> I mean, just, just dead on Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And- it means something. No. this means something i mean now and, and that's going to be something totally lost on somebody in today's world that has never seen close encounters of Third kind that's you know, fair but, that's you know, fair they're, they're, they're not going to have a clue you know you could you could even have a keyboard and,
3: wah, wah, wah.
2: They're, they're not going to get it yeah we're showing our age here fellas but uh it just i just love it i mean so okay. it lives in
0: So, so we're establishing this might just play better for the Gen Xers and the and the and the elder millennials. Pretty I think much. So.
1: Okay. I mean, how many Gen Z is that? Where we are? People who have seen Gone with the Wind. They they went a little harder at the end of saying, "Hey, this is something you <laughs> should recognize."
2: At the end, Veronica knew exactly what Gone with the Wind was. I mean, she was she was in on it. So
0: Alice selects really. Good things to parody in this one, though. At Raiders of the Lost Ark. People know what it is for sure. Still, yeah. in fact, they're still making more of them. Sure. Um, Rambo. I mean, I'm not convinced Stallone's done doing those. I mean, they they just kept coming, and I mean, the the parody of Rambo still holds up. Movies based on Rambo still continued like gone with the gone with the wind is timeless i mean yeah. it's, it's gandhi too Guy, Ga- i mean gandhi is a historical figure and that's still just a <laughs> hilarious notion of him picking up an automatic weapon and like you know doing a backflip and
1: i think the most offensive part of that is he ordered a steak
0: i know yeah. <laughs> rare yeah uh but uh it's it's one of those things where i think it will. I think. I think this stuff's just funny its own enough. I think some parts, like you said, might get lost, but we've we've covered some movies like this where maybe some references of the time get lost, but the rest of it still holds up fine. And because it's Weird Al, Weird Al, I think is. Would you say he's got he's grown throughout the ages? Like, I mean, this is not the peak of Weird Al's career. No. I don't think so. Like, my question is, would he have made more money had he made this later?
1: We'll see how Weird does. I don't know. He's he's a beloved figure now. Exactly. He's just considered like this treasure. I don't know how well Weird is doing. It does have Daniel Radcliffe, which probably
2: helps. I mean, from from the beginning, it was he just hit it. He he found a niche market that was so amazing and he was so good at it that it was just he hit the ground running and he's just been solid ever since. I don't know if there's any, you know, I, I'm not an expert. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed his work since I was a, a, a little kid. But I don't know if there's been any peaks and valleys. I'm sure there are when you when you get microscopic on it. But, I mean, from from an outsider, you know, looking in, he's just been solid.
1: Yeah, I, I thought so, too. The owl did say with regard to this movie, he'd actually tanked his own career for about three years. He said he was in a slump. And then he did "Smells Like Nirvana," and he, that was like his, it was a good album
2: off the deep end.
1: That was his renaissance. He, at well, least, that's what I, he. But I,
2: I don't even think that that's necessarily like that. That's really hard. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? And that's so hard to look back on because when when we went through the movies that were released in nineteen eighty nine that he absolutely got buried in. It, it, it's how are you going to compete with "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" and "Batman"? right and and i
0: mean again his again his production studio had this test well they believed in it this was going to be the thing that saved orion that year yeah and like
1: they gave him strawberries every day
0: (laughs) and then the production studio goes out from under you under you so that's like saying in this time period you can't get anything on the air without your record company going to bat for you and if your record company falls these other movies
2: that were released that year were orion do you have any clue
0: I have no idea. I don't think they were I a do, huge I, I studio. Don't, I don't know. I, I I don't you I that I've not done enough homework to to go through. But I know they don't make it past this. So with those big box office smashes, all it takes you can have five failures for one really big success. Like if you get something that's massively profitable, you're, you're good. So the fact that Orion went under is probably an indication that not. I'm gonna guess. Yeah. You can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong later on social media if you want people. I, oh, I wouldn't be the first time. Oh, they will. Yeah. Um, but anyway, if you're a musician and your record company falls flat, you're not getting on the radio. You're not getting on MTV. So, same thing's going to be true. You're not going to get commercials put on TV. You're not going to get in the, the magazines. The ways that you got your buzz passed about at this time, now there's more methods for like an independent film to roll up and still have success. There's more, there's more means to do that. But certainly at this time, you know, if your production studio falls on its face, that's it.
2: And it's, it's not good.
1: <laughs> they have Caddyshack. The uh, the you know
2: the 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 best one that I can remember, other than UHF, is actually Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I've uh, covered they, that one. In yep.
0: 1989,
2: they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So I mean, and there there's there's not a whole lot there that I saw. So
0: <laughs> so. The the villain is one of the ones that Chad, you like a good villain? I do. Do you like Channel Eight?
1: I love Kevin McCarthy so much. We've we've covered him in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He just does yelling well. And there's, there's a behind the scenes with with them talking about this movie and how he just couldn't stop cracking up after he was yelling at people and being really mean. So but he does this blowhard Jerk! I hate my son and everybody else so very, very well. He
0: looks like he's having fun being mean. Like in that funness that he's having, just comes so across. Like he's he's a villain. He's a he's a despicable character, but he's having fun playing this caricature. I think so. I maybe it's just the tone of the movie. Maybe it's just because I like Weird Al Yankovic. But I've just got this big grin on my face and the Channel Eight villains. Oh, just crack me up. The, yeah. I, I love
2: the, I love the nepotism as well. I mean, with his, with his son, I mean, his son's just completely incompetent with his, <laughs> with his band of yes men, you know, running the network. I mean, it's just, Oh, here's the corporate with the big boss and the yes men and just absolutely being pummeled. I mean, you know, they, 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 one of the, one of the guys comes in with the, uh, the ratings reports. and you know, it says Stanley Spouse, number one. And, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, RJ looks at him and says, You know, he's, he's got the cowboy hat with the the small coon skin off the back of, of the cowboy hat. And he, he looks over and goes, Take that stupid thing off. And the, and the guy that brought him the report just looks so sad, but yet rips off his mustache. So <laughs> sad. <laughs> it's a fake mustache. It's a good fake mustache, by the way. It is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Completely a fake mustache. You guys got to watch. If we haven't completely ruined the movie for you at this point, Go watch UHF it's fantastic um I mean there's there's just so much in it there's so many little things that are just and you may just chalk those up to being 80s you know I mean those were just 80s character caricatures almost but uh, yeah I I, I agree RJ was a great villain
0: yeah and the stuff that happens around them like I when he fires Stanley and he's like he's really mean to him and he's like he's like may I call you Stanley sure sure Stanley, get out! <laughs> <laughs> You're fired! Like, And then he leaves, and then he's like, oh, these reports that I accused you of stealing and the right. whole reason I fired you, they're here in my chair the whole time. And then they have a good laugh about right. it, and they don't undo what they did. It's just the <laughs> laugh
1: afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: and so um, the other good one was, uh, he's like, what would my father say today? Hope, oh, I'm in a box, I'm underground, I'm in this dark space, right. how can I get out of here? <laughs> So uh, we have a great villain. That always helps a ton. And we have a good plot framework. One that we didn't mention that I really enjoyed was, so when they first get on and do Town Talk, they've got like the local high school shop teacher and they do the kind of Julia Child, like Dan Aykroyd cutting your thumb off and the blood's going on you, which is really funny on its own, right? But it comes back because the station is you know getting legs locally and you see you see what Al does with the as or George's character I should say does with it in like town talk builds up to all the way to the KKK. Like, <laughs> le- next up on town talk? Lesbian Nazi hookers abducted by UFOs. Forced into weight loss programs this week on Town Talk. Right.
2: <laughs> well, Russell, you, you you touched on this, but I mean the shop the the, the shop scene. That's Emo Phillips in there. And, it was hilarious. I mean, so, I mean, and, and it's just, you know, I don't know if people remember Emo Phillips, but uh, a very, very funny comedian, but very, very different. Uh, different mannerisms, different way of speaking, very slow, very deliberate, but yet very odd. <laughs> I, mean, I think no, that's the best way that I can explain. Th- that's fair. I would like to hear your best Emo Phillips impression, please. Um, uh,
0: gosh, I wouldn't prepare prepared. Well, I've I've cut off my I've cut off my thumb, and I
1: seems to have a little
2: bit of blood here. Oh no!
1: You're kind of doing Kermit the Frog, but it is close. Yeah, it's, I mean he's,
2: it's he's very similar. I mean that's a good that's a good analogy. But I mean, I, you know, emo and uh, emo and Weird Al were were such good friends, and for him to have such a short segment in that, but yet at the same point in time, hilariously weird. <laughs>
0: That was one of the differences, too, whether this movie would be PG or PG-13. And yeah. I got to give Al some credit, uh, whether it be the poodle scene or whether it be the blood uh, from the amount of blood that was in this scene from cutting his thumb off. Al, Al stuck to his guns and felt like this had to be what what it was to be funny. So I don't think that hurt him, to be honest with you. The PG comedy is almost dead now. Like right. it's, it's, I, I've talked about this uh, like no, There are no... Um, like what Home Alone or Uncle by like, like where, where John Hughes lived really well and like, you know, would give you like these PG comedy things. That's not even a thing anymore. So I, I don't know how big of a deal that was at the time, but I still like that. he I like that he stuck to his guns and said, like, this is the right amount of humor.
1: All right. Yeah. Didn't want his movie edited. Oh, the one we didn't talk about that I love so much is The Wheel of Fish. I just. I Stupid! Love that- yes. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's set up later in the, as a family guy joke of the mystery box. It could be a boat. No, it could
2: it, be it, it's totally, um, um, uh, let's make a deal. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's a parody of let's make a deal. They they bring it, I mean, what's, but instead of the curtains, they do a wheel and then they bring down, do you want to trade what you had behind, you know, curtain number three to what Coney's bringing down the stairs. And I mean, like it was the ultimate zonk. I mean, you know, you opened door number three and it was, you know, a a busted down sooner, uh, sooner, and I mean, that's you traded your 1985 Datsun Z for that. I mean, but instead, Red Snapper, very fresh.
1: I I love the model that's just so casually holding this giant Red Snapper.
0: I like the woman's face who realizes she got nothing when the box right. goes up. Like, her, 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 the way her shoulders sink, her face just, like, all <laughs> life deflates out of it. She does such a
1: good job. That of was like, a good extra, yeah.
0: She is uh, she a no-name actor on this, and i got to give her some major props for that one. And then topped off with the over-the-top, because she feels terrible. Mm-hmm. So you feel bad for her, and you're just like, oh, I'm so sorry this happened to you.
3: Stupid! Yeah,
0: you're, you're so, so stupid!
3: stupid! And, like, it's
0: like, that really sells the joke.
2: It's just fantastic.
0: Some other fun things, like when they were just pitching the programs, if you look at the board, all the ridiculous ideas that they have yes. up there, I mean, there's just, there's so...
2: much dirt? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Al's... I mean, that's, a, that's a Friday night primetime show. Volcano Worshippers.
1: That's a real thing. That's a, that is the club that Al started to get into his yearbook, so he started a Volcano Worshippers club.
0: I mean, the Wonderful World of Phlegm?
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean,
0: I think it had an hour time slot, if I'm not mistaken. I On mean, Friday night. On yes. Friday night. <laughs> the flying Pope. I mean, we have the flying nun. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> um, so you got Town Talk, Traffic Court, Secrets of the Universe, which with Shaz Philo, which that's...
1: That was fantastic. How to make your own plutonium out of homemade goods.
0: Deadpan deliveries do it for me, and yes. this is great. Yeah. Um,
2: well, let's let's go back. Who ultimately saves the day? He does. Yes. Who quietly saves the day by you know installing a giant camera in the ceiling of R.J. Fletcher's office, and just straight you know, out of
0: Revenge of the Nerds with the side of that camera.
2: <laughs> completely, completely catches R.J. in a in a rant, and then amps the you know completely overruns the the uhf tower to the point that it is glowing and has a switch already prepared to do this which is fantastic by, by the way who is an alien um yes. which i think that's the only way that if you look this up on imd it does say it is a sci-fi movie
1: okay okay i didn't it's see that
2: comedy, comma sci-fi and which <laughs> that's the only thing i can see that sci-fi in this you know and then has the switches prepared to override and broadcast rj's rant as he is trying to cancel the telethon
0: and he jumps over his desk in sheer embarrassment afterwards like not like a "Ooh, i'm gonna try and backpedal this or whatever right. like uh well i'm not talking about you guys like, like he just he just like embarrassed, like jumps over his desk off screen
1: Philo looks like Cabal from his fatality in Mortal Kombat when he takes off the mask and like the snakes shoot out. Like that's the (laughs) alien type animation that Al was just, they thought about cutting that and Al was like, no, this is remarkable. We're keeping it.
0: They had over two hours of content, like over two hours of content. People have been demanding a director's cut on this, but Al maintains that like we cut it for a reason. This is, it wasn't all funny, but
2: i i i think it's i mean i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say this i wouldn't change a thing it's it's just that's is that the only special actual special effects the antenna the alien what other special effects are in this movie
1: mm. all of the rambo scene where they yeah the stuck. rambo
2: scene is actually a lot of
0: special effects work because he's got like i mean Soon. he's got explosions he's got like the muscle suit yeah yeah like,
1: by
2: the way i love how bad the muscle suit is
0: i also like how bad his rambo face is like when he was just he doesn't even say anything (laughs) and i love it when the camera zooms out and he is standing one foot away from somebody with an explosive arrow and then lets go nothing bad happens to him (laughs) and they explode and it's obviously like a foam model exploding i love that i love the ghetto I like I like that bad. The bad effects are part of the comedy.
2: Going so. going back to the Rambo scene, it's it's hilarious that that scene, especially that scene, loops back to the very beginning of the movie for George being a daydreamer.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's
2: going to save, um, Stanley, once he's been kidnapped, and he's he's he runs out of the station during the telethon to go save him, and. That there's there's a flash cut to him being Rambo, to him, you know, kicking in the door to save Stanley with the goons, but then Yumi and his, you know, top ninjas from the Taekwondo class come out and actually the
0: closet and say supplies. Exactly. (laughs) This is so good. good.
2: (laughs) It is great. By the way, Um, we did tell everybody listening there would be spoilers. So
0: yes. <laughs> uh, and we also warned them you should watch it before we talk about this cuz if you haven't you're like I'm seriously lost in these niche references right. so uh, well, basically is, I mean, we we are we
2: are hopping so far and you know we're we're at the 15 minute part we're at the very end we're back in the 30 minute part so good go by. watch it's fantastic uh,
0: but we haven't talked the cast it's really good I mean, I got to say, Weird Al did an amazing job to get the right people around him. Victoria Jackson, she's only like three years. She's she's in the middle of her Saturday Night Live run, so she's not necessarily yeah. like a powerhouse or as established as she will be in the early 90s. She gets pre setcom sorry, he gets pre-sitcom Fran Drescher. Mm-hmm. So before The Nanny, he gets Michael Richards, as we said, pre-Seinfeld. I mean, these are really good actors. I mean, I guess you've, you mentioned Trinidad Silva's resume and emo phillips and just everybody he puts into this around him i don't know if it's just because al's such a likable guy and he ends up being so funny that people want to be around him but he's done an amazing job at finding the right people to work with him everybody seems to have really great chemistry
1: yeah yeah there wasn't anything on trivia or people that just hated working on this movie or
0: Victoria Jackson gushed about like how yeah. nice it was to work with him. I guess she said that it was nice to work with somebody who didn't want to just be around in your underwear the whole time. Or that, right. you know, like she was saying, like he was really, she just could be kind. funny with her clothes on. Yes. Yeah. She, she said that he was, he was really kind and fun to work with. And just everybody really seemed to say awesome things about him. So Jennifer Tilly and Ellen DeGeneres auditioned for the role of Terry
1: I'm sad about that. I.
0: You think Ellen DeGeneres would have been the right call? Jennifer oh, Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. Yes. Okay.
2: No. No.
0: I like Victoria Jackson. I maybe it's just because I'm such an SNL nut, but I he's, think she's. I think she's weird in a fun way.
1: He's clearly going for a weird voice thing, and Jennifer Tilly has that. Just.
2: I I, I, I love Victoria Jackson's whiny voice in it. I mean, she's she's the. Per, I mean, because Al's and. Weird out. I mean, he, he is just himself in this movie, even though he's George, yes. and he's just he's kind of whiny. He's he's daydreamy. He can't hold anything down. And you know, when when Victoria Jackson, when he when she's sitting in the restaurant that Al announced on a special bulletin um, you know, during the day, and she's she's working on she's a dental hygienist. She's working on somebody's mouth with TV in there, and he invites her to dinner, and she shows up to dinner, which he doesn't come to. In that giant pink dress with yeah. the,
0: the what was that dress? By the way, we're skipping ahead to wardrobe, but we gonna. You're right. That was a weird call. I loved it. I
1: loved that it was a ridiculous poofy dress. She's
0: not. She's not supposed to be weird, though, is she? She's supposed to be normal and saddled with the weird guy.
2: I don't wanna. I don't wanna go out on a limb here, and somebody may you know comment in the comments on the on the podcast one day or or, or me wrong. I don't think that that was that weird of a special occasion dress at that time
0: oh hmm it's just the 80s the, the puffy yeah, yeah, i'm i'm it's okay alex i've been well documented we're, we're, i'm almost 200 episodes of
2: bashing 80s wardrobe it's 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 been it's been it's I, been around i'm saying i think i think it was normal i'm saying i think it was normal okay
0: so, huh. weird weird al has a signature hawaiian shirts though as he as he must yes um you know, one t- one casting thing I think is a heartbreaker. They almost got Stallone to Damn. actually come in and do a cameo as the helicopter booth worker that, like, would have been so good to, to like,
1: which would have been... During the Rambo mm, sequence, yes. During the Rambo
0: sequence. He wanted to do it, and he just had to back out due to schedule reasons.
2: Going back through the uh, the Orion movies from 1989, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the, the cost to make, and UHF was by far... The lowest. I mean, I'm seeing. You know, UHF was five million. You know, there's there's ten million. There's sixteen million. There's fifteen million. There's thirteen million. UHF was. If this was the savior, they didn't give it anything.
0: I don't know how much he felt constrained on it. It seems like they went to Tulsa. They worked in near a, a shopping mall. It sounds like, and so like their filming locations were tight. I think they were just resourceful with what they had. Maybe they knew they didn't have much, but. I'll be honest with you, though the Indiana Jones sequence and the Rambo sequences don't look cheap. Like right. I'm aware I'm watching a parody. I mean, but it's also not
2: so bad that it's bad.
1: When the boulder ter- turns, well, on the, street. When the boulder yeah. turns.
2: I like, I mean, what else is there? There's a, there's a couple apartment scenes. There's a couple office scenes. Right. There's there's a there's a game show studio. I mean, there there's not a whole lot that, that isn't already a studio. I mean, you know, they're, they're making a movie. I so mean, it, but it's just so well done and, and the plot just rolls. It's okay.
1: There's your other special effect that I completely forgot about until Russell just mentioned it was the Who Framed Roger Rabbit absolute flattening of Al, uh, George, when he's crushed by that boulder.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. I love
0: I love it when they go into the cave and everything's so Indiana Jones like, but then they have all these signs all over the place. that's yes. like warning, caution tape, don't yeah, enter, absolutely. like and just so cartoony. Like there's something very Looney Tunes.
2: And... Don't forget about the the falling rock. Yes, the Oscar.
0: <laughs> I've, heard, I've I've heard Ebert say before, like cartoons are funny because they're cartoons they're not funny in real life and that is the wrongest most stupid statement ever so i mean well, even- I-, I like these cartoon things like when he's running from the boulder across like the great pyramids yes. like and they're just cheap blue screen backdrops or like the the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> yeah, like the that.
1: nonsensical landmarks.
0: It looks like almost like Ernest running from something. Like you know, it's like cartoonish running. I love this. I'm already having a, a wonderful time. And Al's a bit of a, something to get adjusted to. When his delivery's strong, like when he's like banging his head on the counter. is like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And like, yes. he's coming on strong. So if you're, if you're an uptight critic and you have not been around weird Al and you're not aware that he makes songs like Christmas at ground zero and everybody's going to blow up in a nuclear Holocaust and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, if you're not aware that like, it's a really good, point. like if you're not aware that Al is bringing a very, at times dark and sometimes violent, sometimes just whimsical, sometimes Looney tunes and it's all coming together. You might look at him like his own cameraman does, like because uh, the, the heavy cameraman yeah. that looks back from his camera, like "What is wrong with you?" Like, so, um, I think some of the critics just didn't know what Weird Al was when they got handed this. And I
2: mean, yeah. if you don't if you don't realize Weird Al's funny, and it's supposed to be funny, and it's supposed to be making fun of things, then you know that's on you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I have to imagine some of them are stodgy about even the Oscar statuette. I didn't know it was a rule that you can't actually depict an Oscar statue, so they changed it. And if you look at the statue, it's holding his crotch. So, so they're they're probably looking at that and just going, zero, zero stars right but, but, away.
2: You know, I mean, but that's part of the parody. Yeah. And I mean, good on Al for sticking with it and changing it just enough where you don't get in trouble.
0: Well, generally right. speaking, Al doesn't do this with his music though. Like Al asked for permission. People know they're doing it. Like he's after kind. Coolio. He's, other than, well, even <laughs> when even before that, like he just thought that he had permission. Like I guess like there was miscommunication on that one. But I mean. But Chad's right. Other than Coolio, you don't see a lot of people lined up saying, like, I'm mad that you made fun of this very serious song that I made. And, like, Kurt um, Cobain
1: loved it. He said, that's how they knew they made it. Yeah. That was,
0: it was very uh, Madonna, like, like, like a surgeon. You know what I mean? Like,
1: it was. Although Paul McCartney was like, it's not going to be about food, is it? I'm
2: interested to to, to know what uh, Metallica thought. I mean,
1: (laughs) oh, man. That I hope it later on. I have to imagine they were jerks about it initially.
0: It's honestly like one of those things where all the presidents love their SNL impression. Well, I'll, maybe, yeah. maybe, not, maybe not the last. Haven't former, checked maybe, Okay. Not, not the last former president, but all of the former presidents up to a certain point loved hearing whether like it'd be like Jimmy Carter, like the Dan Aykroyd. I mean, yeah. you know, Gerald Ford actually liked Chevy falling over the place. And sometimes they're very brutal or like George W. Bush, you know, like what Will Ferrell did and thought it was funny. Like, so It's kind of an enormous honor (laughs) to be parodied. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it's interesting that Al's working with his best friend, Jay Levy, who Mm -hmm. wrote the screenplay and is his manager. And so Al's not going far from his network of comfort and what al does so if there was ever a time that it just felt like al's music being brought to the movie format that's the thing i liked most about it my when i read about this or, or i saw a lot about it in behind the music like when they was talking about it I was like it was everything i wanted to be it was like al's albums had been converted to tv or movie format and yeah. that was just what i wanted
1: They yeah, did a good job
0: yeah. Every again, everybody liked working with Jay Levy. Although there's a funny parody interview, where um, <laughs> where they they asked Al, "What's it like working with uh, Jay Levy, who's normally your manager?" And now he's like, "I don't know. He just lays on his back all day. I mean, he's a real bum. I mean, <laughs> he just doesn't do anything. I mean, I don't get it. Everybody is supposed to like suck up to him, and I mean, he's just. I mean, he's not that smart, and like he just goes on and on and on and, on and just like, lays it on thick.
2: We should also mention. He was Gandhi.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, he yes. was. So he got even in the mix himself. So now, what do you think about this? The title. Do you feel like part of its shortcomings or perceived shortcomings, which I'm going to say this is a cult classic, people like this movie, by the way. Like, if you look online, people like this movie. So it just didn't do well in the box office. Is the title to blame at all?
2: <sighs> it is what it is.
0: I agree. Weird Al says he I, hates the title. It. He wanted I to I call else? it. I wanted to call it The Vidiot or the uh, and I guess in foreign markets it was called The Vidiot from UHF. I don't, I don't like I don't, this. I don't, I don't think like that, that title.
2: I don't know. I I think UHF. I think UHF is perfect.
1: Yeah, I I don't know because it's you had it up uh the the TV crazies is what it's called in Mexico. I don't think any of these are great titles. UHF is probably a little more problematic as it gets older because no one knows what UHF is. But I have hope. Like, Alex, your wife gives me hope of... (laughs) Maybe if there isn't someone there to explain to them the concept of UHF, even still, it it won't be a barrier.
0: I think it might be correctable by just simply saying, like, you know how they say, like, John Carpenter's Halloween? Like, I think think saying Weird Al's UHF might have been something that would have been probably the way to go with this. Like, boasting, because, I mean, let's face it, this is the reason you're
1: here. I mean... I, I thought you were going to go, like, the Whoopi Goldberg route, so she shows up on old cartoons that says, hey, these are really racist, but we haven't touched up on them. Just have Whoopi Goldberg explain the beginning of of this. UHF was a, a hyper local station back in the day. We've changed none of the words and kept its original meaning.
2: Well, let's, let's be honest. Well, you know, the, the, the three... Songs that we chose that are, you know, our favorite Weird Al songs, are making him more money than UHF. He's okay. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: He's yeah. Okay. Also, any musician makes more money from their live show, and Al still fills up auditoriums, and he has done so over decades. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not hurt. Uh, he's not hurt. How many how many music artists? I mean, like rock artists, have been able to fill up venues. For since the mid eighties, all the way up till now, consistently, I mean, and perhaps more so even better now than before,
1: they're all in the Hall of fame, that's for sure,
0: correct, so uh, it's an ah wow, that's an interesting point right does, does weird Al make the rock and roll Hall of fame? He
1: should
2: oh, absolutely.
0: I never thought about it until now, but I'm like, either. I'm with you, yeah, uh, it's a motion we just now started it. <laughs> We're
1: probably
2: late to the game. Is there, is there peti- uh, I got this. Hang on. Is there a petition?
1: I, I'm sure Al himself has started this position, petition, but it's probably uh, like, keep me out I, of the.
2: I, a- I think he's more humble than that. He wouldn't do that. Well,
1: no, well, no. I was going with he's got a petition of keep me out of the Hall of Fame.
0: I bet, oh. I bet I bet I bet Weird Al would be petitioning to get into a non-existent hilarious Hall of Fame, that like you know, like the Spam Hall of Fame or something like that for writing the song Spam. Like I think that seems like Weird Al's style to like create his own sad
1: song, Hall of Fame to be a member of songs about food Hall of Fame.
0: Yes, exactly. Yes. Now, are you disappointed? We only got the Beverly um money for nothing parody. By Dire Straits, do you want do you want more Weird Al songs and parodies in this?
1: Al hates that title, by the way.
0: Money for nothing.
1: Well, it's oh. called Beverly Hillbillies slash Money for Nothing because okay. Dire Straits was involved. Their their lead guitar player was involved in the video, so yeah, he he hates the title of that. I I want more. I want like a surgeon, or I, even something goofy, like I want a new duck.
2: Okay. That was
1: around this time.
2: Part of me says yes. Part of me says no, because when you when you look at the album itself, it's so centric to the movie. And it is. I, I, I think if you if you throw if you throw like a surgeon in there, it gets it clouds it.
0: Well, he we would have to create it for the movie in
2: theory. Like
0: they did special.
2: We- I mean, it's on yeah. the
1: album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he actually in in weird he uh, he does an original song, and the, during the original song, he says this song is technically up for Oscar consideration. So he he was up for consideration here too.
0: Uh, they wanted to use apparently when he wanted to use the song kung fu fighting when his uncle Harvey was like in the pool on the raft, and they had they didn't give him the money for that. To your point, Alex, they didn't spend a lot of money on this, so he wrote let me be your hog for that scene to just yeah. be playing in the background. That's what I was kind of getting at. You could do another daydream or you could do another, like here's a local act and then like put them on UHF station as like a live music performance. I thought there were there were opportunities for it because, or maybe post credit, like while the credits are rolling, oh, yeah. that's something that you didn't see a lot back then. But now people take more liberties with uh, using the credits to your advantage to keep the laughs coming. Now, you talked about special effects, Alex, but there's this, there this stunt of the frying pan when David Bow is dressed up as as Bobo the Clown. Hey, what a he Mr. Frying Pan. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, he accidentally did get hit, and his lip was bleeding. Ooh. And so his clown makeup hides it, but apparently, if you look closely, I still don't really notice it, to be honest with you, but the pan made contact with his face. Oh, no, no, no he, he's gets hit huh? he gets supposed to stop short. Yeah, he gets hit. So
1: that look of anger was genuine? Perhaps. It
0: says they used that cut. Yeah. So that's the cut they use. So they didn't oh. end up having to do it again. The dog biscuits are are actually bakery biscuits though. They're like they went and actually had cookies made that look like dog biscuits as opposed to eating them. So
1: and the rest of <laughs> the crew ate them. I do like that entire sequence. That is great. That
0: is great because it's yeah. like what happens on the worst day. I like the bad Uncle Nazi's day, like when he has his heart broken. Yes. And he just goes out there, absolutely flaps, hey kids. This Where would be do me. you want to go today?
1: Shut up, you little weasel. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, like, absolutely failing at it. And that's when he puts Stanley out there, and Stanley was born for it, it, turns out. And I love how Stanley's like, hey, do you want to do this every day? Yeah. Hey, I still get to be the janitor, right? <laughs> <laughs> Stanley's so lovable. Like, he loves his mop, he loves being a janitor, and. My friend George gave
2: me this mop. (laughs)
1: It's a real good mop, but it's not as good as my first mop. Everyone's getting very inspired by that speech.
0: I love it when Stanley is being held hostage by these gangsters, and they just want to kill him so bad. And, like, the other guy's like, I've got four other guys here who want to kill you real bad, and I'm the only guy standing in between there. So please, shut up.
1: He's doing, like, the horse with peanut butter on the roof of his mouth at one point when the... When the bandana falls down and he just starts flicking his tongue wildly up at his nose to push it up,
2: like <laughs> so. Does does anybody? I mean, it's not full simple Jack, is it?
1: That, that's no. what comes to my mind is simple Jack.
2: No, no, is he doesn't, it, go, he doesn't you know, go full. He doesn't go full blown. You go full simple Jack.
1: Right. Yes.
2: But it's is it close?
0: No, I think he hits the. I think he hits where you want to hit with Forrest Gump.
1: Hmm. I think it's I think it's he's he's highly he's highly functioning to deliver a good kid show.
2: I'm quoting that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's closer to the Ben Stiller Tropic Thunder, but he's not quite there.
2: No,
0: he didn't go. He didn't go full blown.
2: He he gets he gets the strength when he sees his old mob because, I mean, he runs over all the thugs.
0: I love that. He turns into Superman. He breaks the ropes on his chair. Full
2: power. Full power.
0: Like Popeye getting spinach big, I we're all over the place on this one, and I love it. Yeah. I, I, I' this it's is fine. one of the worst times for me following my notes, and I just—it's okay. I, oh yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, me, me too. I mean, I—I I said this earlier, or I alluded to this earlier. You know, Michael Richards as Stanley, one hundred percent steals the show in this movie for me. Steals the show. Is the main character. He does. I mean, I—I I know George. We follow George throughout. We see George's girlfriend we see george's previous jobs his current job everything but stanley spalski is absolutely the main character in this movie
0: it's hard to just convey this on a podcast it's hard to actually emulate it in real life when michael richards just shakes somebody's hand it's funny yeah like when he unless you know, he's in the lab Factory. yeah like when right he, like, <laughs> you know, everything everything he does is very funny so the, the tempo to keep up with that is, everything
1: in this movie he does is very funny as Alex is alluding to.
0: Oh, well, I mean, just <laughs> I at Stanley Spadowski. Yes. everything Stanley Spadowski does is just so funny. I love the scene when they like, "Hey, pizza for Stanley Spadowski," and he knows he didn't order pizza, but like, he's so gullible. And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. but he's in the car for a long way, blindfolded, tied up. He's like, "Hey, i hey. like, we're not going for
2: pizza. <laughs> you guys are for the pizza place." <laughs> but yet, yeah, still has a great time with them. I mean, it's it's his general attitude. In everything, you know, going going back to what you mentioned a minute ago, you know, when when hey, do you want to do this every day? Yeah, but can I still be the janitor? Hey, you just kidnapped me, but we're still gonna be friends, you know. <laughs> I spy something that's orange. Oh, it's my blindfold. Uh, <laughs> the, the 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 whole kitten caboodle. I mean, he's just he's just uh, he's just a lovable, likable idiot. I like it when I like it
0: when Weird Al and Bob go into the bar together, and they think, "What are we gonna do next?" Because we're gonna go bankrupt this week. And hey, guys, he's back on. I know, and everybody, everybody's watching a children's program in a biker bar, like on a UHF station, on On a a UHF
2: station. station. When there's a cable affiliate in town, come on! I mean, like, but it's nobody questions a thing. It's fantastic. He's up in the camera being like,
0: and sometimes when you're trying to clean up a dirty spot on the floor, you can't just do it by the mob. No, sometimes you gotta get down with your hands and knees and a toothbrush.
1: (laughs) Sometimes that doesn't work.
0: And like it plays patriotic music in the background. People are looking up at the screen, like somebody even has like a slight tear forming in their eyes. Battle
1: Hymn of the Republic. Yeah, absolutely. And I I do wanna mention this movie has the most weird outcome of a movie I can possibly think of. They actually put a giant spatula city billboard and they left it up for quite some time and it not in a rural area it bothered the (coughs) other businesses because people kept going to these public businesses and saying how do i get to spatula city which i'm sure just tickled owl like that is fantastic
0: they made him take it down yeah
1: yeah but that
0: does go that does apparently it would have worked
1: yeah i i mean my wife would absolutely buy nine spatulas to get a get the next one for a penny.
0: The Norelco quote is so good too. The, uh, I liked it so much. I bought the company. Like yes. that, that's a, that's like a parody of a razor ad at the time. Again, funny if you haven't seen it, because he's reading a cue card so visibly and he's so reading obvious. it so badly. It feels like a local commercial. Uh, it reminds me of family guy when Peter Griffin did a car ad. He's like, yes. and he's like, he's like, calm down and get the best deals possible at wilkins Hyundai's and
1: subarus we, we sell hondis and, and subarus, subaru's. Yep. Yeah. i i think i would be up for a cemetery plot and buffet
0: <laughs> the bodies were all are you tired of sloppy burials yeah <laughs> <Body> <laughs> sticking up out of the ground that's the ultimate like i i think some people I have a darker sense of humor, I guess, to be able to appreciate that. But I think that's very funny, and I guess some people just say, "What? What are you doing?" Like when Siskel's like, he's trying so hard and failing. It's like, it's like you're not my, no. you're not on my wavelength, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I, again, this this is a this is a film critic that you know criticizes everything, and I I don't think Siskel that is Orton, true. In, in the time adjusted to I I don't think they had a meter where they said what well, this is a comedy, this is a parody, this is a drama, this is they they tried to do everything on a line, a, a, a linear line. And it just when let's just look at nineteen eighty nine movies. I mean if you compare UHF to almost anything that came out that year. And you try to judge them all on the exact same standard. It, of course, it's going to tank. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just not even reasonable. That's fair. And I mean, I know
0: um, I like Leonard Melton a lot better anyway. But he's more humble than the other than the others we mentioned. Um, but also, he's lived longer too. But he's he's quite honestly said. I'm fortunate to have gotten to do what I do. I love movies and obviously he has a joy for them. But he did say um, the role of the critic in the format that you're talking about, Alex, he said it's been largely marginalized in today's times. You know, there's aggregators of people who appreciate things in different points. You're going to find your community through the Internet and you're going to find what's right for you. So things are instead of having somebody talk to you and tell you what you should like, you're going to find you're going to find your wavelength and you're going to find what's right for you. So he was saying, it's not a good time in life to grow up and want to be like, don't grow up and try and become me because I don't think I'm necessary anymore.
1: Well, don't grow up and host a podcast rating movies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. But I think that's the difference though. I mean, genuinely loving something. I mean, most weeks, unless we're covering breaking away and you break my heart. Um, I love, I love that movie. Um, we normally just get on here and celebrate how awesome movies are. So that, that's different. It's
1: been a bit of a tough year though.
0: Yeah. Um, still sore about Breaking Away.
1: I know. I know. You gave my movie the worst of the year. So it was deserved.
0: Uh, okay. Okay. It's, it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you want um, the... Oh, how weird Al is it too? There's this wonderful irony at the end that another R.J. Fletcher moment. The bum. The bum who he just gave a penny to, to just be a jerk to like, here, have a penny. And it just turns out great. Thanks, mister. Hey,
2: hey, you, you gotta, you gotta set this up because it actually happens earlier in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And he, he comes, he comes and asks Al for some change when he's, I think when he's leaving on a date and he asks for a change mm-hmm. and, you know, Al digs through his pockets cause he's a, he's a nice dude. And he, he comes up with some change and he goes, he counts the change and then slaps a dirty dollar bill in his hand. He just wanted change for a dollar. <laughs> yes, so he, wasn't, he wasn't bumming for spare change. He needed change. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love. that. that is that is really good. And
0: then he goes to R.J. Fletcher next and at, outside of Channel Eight as a bum. Yeah, and so and then he um, and he says, "Do you have change for a dollar?" And he gives him a penny. And
3: cool. but he's. But he's Man, Commissioner!
0: <laughs> like, I love the way this guy talks. By the way, yeah. he's, he's just so great at, at his raw job. He looks physically again. Weird Al got some very physically gifted actors in this one, and then later oh, on, I... in the drive when it's failing, they pull the plug. They all failed, and he comes up. He's like, "Why don't you give me how many insurance you need left? Like here's two thousand dollars. $2, yeah, and uh, and then it's perfect because they really rub it in." Uh, after he saves the station he then he says and i got this rolex watch yes I
2: had enough to give to the radio station to have them meet their goal and i got the rolex that your son didn't get you
1: and rj I- just hugs him and cries and then
2: his son is like lost and he goes, dad,
0: dad, what's happening? And then like and then the, the cameraman trips him and he falls on his face in the mud. And like, it's all perfect. All yes. these little things that were set Which up. Earlier, again, was revenge,
2: because that happened earlier in the movie when they, they sent him over to, right. uh, to, uh, to film the, um, the city councilman. And you know, it's, it's, it's Fran dresser as opposed to being the, um, uh, the secretary. She becomes, you know, the, the reporter. And you know, they trip the little person cameraman. All right. Let's do some superlatives. What do you say? Let's
0: do it. MVP, do I even need to ask of this movie, Alex?
2: Oh no, it's 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 Stanley. Stanley's about oh,
0: Michael Richards. Okay.
2: Oh would 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 you disagree? I'm
1: I'm going to. I'm going with the man himself, Weird Al. Um, I, I think it's just the irreverent humor and the charm that Pulls this all together for me, just the joy that Al brings to all of his projects and everyone that works with him. I I love Weird Al.
0: It's what drew me to the movie. I found out that there was a Weird Al movie, and I was pretty much the next time I go to the movie store, this is what I'm. I I couldn't wait to go to the movie store to get it. So I mean, I it, it delivered what I wanted. So Weird Weird Al wrote, made it, did it. did I mean, helped direct it with with Jay Levy, and just amazing. So great job, Weird Al for me. Best supporting actor because this cast is awesome. Now, Michael Richards technically might not be, but did you go something different for this? Given that you feel like he
2: is your lead in many I, yeah, ways, we're, we're, we're out. Oh, we're out. Okay, that's. I, like, I mean, I, I just, I don't think this movie. If you take Michael Richards out of this movie, I don't think it works.
0: Christopher Lloyd apparently was considered for it. Uh, mm. You know, no, no.
2: Two, two. I, I. I don't think he could have gone
0: simple jack up too eccentric not enough lovable yeah. okay that's
2: fair yeah, that's a nice way of saying it um
0: all right Chad best supporting
1: love a good villain Kevin McCarthy i I just the only thing that I really wanted him to do differently is to just scream they're already here uh-huh. you're next something like that <laughs> as a nod to body snatchers
0: that would be good I yeah
1: like fire someone and be like, you are next.
0: What about when Philo's flying away in a floating saucer and be like, not
1: again. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Okay. That's great. Um, I mean,
2: so uh, to, to that, he could come back and you could do a UHF two, It could just be, you know, the fiber revolution.
0: <laughs> Weird Al's unfortunately cool on doing another, like no, he I has, to, uh, he, uh, he's been mentioned though. Yeah. Um, so uh, mine, mine's got to go with Michael Richards as well, but I love your nod to Kevin McCarthy. They're great. Hidden gem. This one might be a fun one. It's deep cast. A lot of good moments. Alex, who or what is your hidden gem?
2: We've already discussed it. It's Emo Phillips. By far in the shop scene. It's, it's just, it's so quick. It's so simple. It's, it's unnecessary, but it just truly brings out public broadcasting. I mean we've got a show. we we I mean because that's essentially what it is. It's this is a public broadcasting station and we have a shop class where he's got a he's got a table saw and he cuts his finger off. I mean like but it, it just it it's so short, it's so small, it's so weird, but it really, really, really is public broadcasting.
0: It's mine. Or, I love I love the same way he mocks him, Because like, like Weird is trying to help him out, like on the air, he's like when you're operating this long pause, <laughs> table saw. And, like, and like he, he, like, acts like, ooh, well, Mr. Table Saw, like, like, he's just mouthing it. I mean, <laughs> hard laugh for minimal time on the screen. I'm with you, Alex. Chad, head and jam.
1: Trinidad Silva. I wanted more of role. I... It's so tragic that he passed. I do have to throw in though. Doctor Demento makes it into this movie. He's the one that it's. He's really? yeah. He's eating whipped cream during the Channel sixty two promo. Perfect. So that is a, that is fitting. He has such a huge influence on Alice's career.
0: How good is it when they say we've got a couple of more animals here? Oh great, what do we got here? And they start going through a few things. It's like we've got uh, we've got uh, some peacocks. You know, we've got some raccoons. We've yes. got some badgers. Badgers.
2: Wheel Badgers. Badgers. Yeah. Which is which is a line that has been reused in so many different ways in so many different movies. That's great.
0: Now, Alex Upson may hurt because I can tell you like this one. Recast. If you had
1: to recast Oh, what was your hidden gem?
0: I I I copied him. I Mm -hmm. I I was I was with him with Emo.
2: Okay. Yeah. really good. That's fantastic. Yeah.
0: um Alex, if you had to recast somebody,
2: who would it be? I, I, I can't. I mean, this this is such a – I'm going to call this – I'm actually going to call this a low-budget film. It is. You know, especially That's- since I, I looked I looked up and this was Orion's least amount of money pushed to a movie in 1989. And it just worked so well. It, it, every, everybody just gelled together. It's just – it's a classic. And if you changed anything, it, it might mess it up.
0: Wow, there's a lot of love here.
2: So, yeah, I told you. I mean this this is UHF is literally in my top definitely top 10, maybe top 5. Wow. wow. Yeah,
1: Chad, how about you, man? I still want Jennifer Tilly. I want Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly? Okay. In Victoria Justice's role Terry. as Terry. Yeah. I I like that they're going for unique voices. Victoria's made that joke of hey, I think they just got me and Fran because we have really weird voices. I want to double down on that, and Jennifer Tilly's great with schlocky stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: I this is a bigger change, so you, might, you guys can come at me. But David Boas Bob is a good straight man. He was
1: underused.
0: I I'm gonna go with Judge Reinhold.
1: For okay. This. Oh, I don't have a problem with that.
0: I think he'd be a good companion to go through all this, and I think he does deflate it well. Like I think I think we like his <laughs> deflated face, like in. Uh, like in uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. <laughs> but also I think we we're rooting for him too. So um All right. best shot uh, which is a cinematic moment here. Alex, what's your best shot of the movie?
2: <laughs> All right. I already said it earlier, but uh you know, the fire hose. The <laughs> fire hose that's a good one. <laughs> it's just fantastic. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's uh, yeah. That's it. That Chad, is, that is
1: great. best shot? The close-up shot of the Twinkie sandwich that George is making, and it's just you—you you get it looks so gross. I uh, that looks fantastic. On,
2: on, on top of it, he's trying to cheer. Um, what's his? Uh, what's his? Yeah, he's trying to cheer him up with making a Twinkie a dog, twinkie hot dog, and cheese whiz hot dog. Yeah, I would eat it.
0: Apparently, they they ate it, and yes. and he had to do it five or six times and he was getting very full and it didn't like, uh, so apparently that's not something he wanted to eat again for a long time. And in, in any piece of that hot we dog all should add
2: one for this episode,
0: I would have done it for this episode, but I got to admit cheese whiz on top of a hot dog on top in a cut Twinkie is not something that I've ever been like, I would like to actually try it, but, um, maybe for social media. I don't know. Yeah. I, why not? I, yeah. I, I
2: wouldn't normally eat like that, but for this, I would have, I Maybe maybe next time. Maybe for UHF 2. <laughs> My best shot of the movie is going to
0: be... This is just a very Weird Al moment, but when Philo hands him the electric uh, connections and he <laughs> is electrocuted in a very animated cartoon way, the camera's very still, but he's kind of going through the stop motion to like kind of yeah. il- exaggerate electric, and his hair's getting really big to see Weird Al's hair get big. It's just so Looney Tunes. That seems like something that would happen to Daffy Duck. And I think cartoons coming to life is hilarious, and I love that. So um, that's my shot of the movie. Although, great parody shot. I love the when he's about to get the Oscar statue mm-hmm. off the altar in the bag of sand. He, he adjusts, he adjusts yeah. the weight just right. And he throws it over his shoulder like, eh, yeah. I'm just going to grab this. So there's a funny shot, and then there's like a, like, ah, this is just iconic. This captures the movie for me. Best scene. I think you mentioned this one before, Alex.
2: I mean, you, you want to guess?
1: You, you I think want to take the fire hose? Yeah, it, the fire hose. It's,
2: it's literally. I mean, the, the it, it, it's, it's. When I think of UHF, I think of the fire hose. I mean, it, it's just the oh, my, you just found the marble in the oatmeal. You're a lucky lucky boy. You know why? You get to drink from the
3: fire hose! <laughs>
0: And his legs are like shaking and quivering like rubber. It's amazing. All right, Chad, best scene for you.
1: I mentioned mine earlier too. The entire wheel of fish scene. Just, it's so ludicrous. Everyone in it, the extra, the
2: the model, uh, the, audience. the audience, the audience. Yes, the whole no audience in there. Yeah, nothing.
1: Nothing. You're
0: stupid. You're so stupid. So apparently they they intended to shoot earlier. They had the fish early in the morning. They mounted the fish to the wheel. And if you we probably mentioned this eight hundred times because it leads to lots of interesting stories. But the lights on camera sets are hot. Oh, they're they're hey. super hot, and so the fish smelled awful. So the crowd is not only doing a good job, to Chad's point, like of like to not be grossed out because it did smell. But Al, Al just simply said it was mm, ripe, yeah. is, what, is what he called it, and and so everybody, the actors are professionals, but to like you said, the extra, the people who did all that work in the crowd to not just be sitting there like pale and like it smells like a gross. It's not even like a fish market. It's 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 right. fish that's going bad. So you know, there's another fun outtake scene since you like this Chad of Al being like in the extras, he's like, I like to give back to the community. And so somebody came for like, I was like, it's like, you're really weird. Al. I was like, yeah, here, have this red snapper. And he's like signing an autograph on like the red snapper for the kid. And like, and he's like, um, so, and the kid's got like this giant fish in his hands or whatever. So um, very funny moment there too, off the set. Uh, I wish there was a blooper reel in this so bad. I do too. So my favorite scene I did mention was uh, the bum coming up with the tons of money yeah. and because it, it's just too many things all coming back at once. And RJ Fletcher has been such a great villain and watching him have his bad moment of, you know, again, this is, this is like when shooter McGavin steals the jacket away from somebody and runs out on the course yes. with people tackling him. Like this is great to watch it all crash down around him is like, and they even say normally we would just fine you for this, but in this case we're taking away your station. Like seeing as how that broadcast you put out earlier, like I mean, we're particularly disturbed by this. Everything comes back home to Roost for him, but it's not really a scene. It's a gag. Spatula City's my favorite gag. I I just I just love the Spatula City, Spatula City, Spatula City. We
1: sell spatulas, nothing else.
3: <laughs>
0: nothing says I love you like a spatula. <laughs> Best warm wardrobe or makeup moment, Alex?
2: Best, you know, I'm going to go back to something. I mean, that's, please don't that's, pick
0: that pink dress.
2: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say it because, I mean, we talked about it. It's not something I really thought about. And yeah, I mean, it, that, that that pink dress, I think it was, I'm pretty sure that was standard for the 80s. Um, I was five, okay. so I can't tell, but yeah, that's what I'm going with.
0: Wow. Okay. It, it it gets. I don't sure that it gets a laugh from me. It gets a whole like what? <laughs> what happened here? Well, I mean, Chad.
2: okay. So let, let me let me go one step further. And I had never really, as many times as I've watched this movie – And I and let me side note here: if I like a movie, I like a movie, and I really don't watch movies over and over and over again. I've watched this movie, Fear and Loathing. Uh, you know, Don't Be a Menace to South Surgeon, while drinking your juice in the hood. Those are movies I've watched over and over and over again. I know these movies by heart. Um, I'd never noticed her dress until the other night. Okay, so <laughs> and a new
0: discovery. It really
2: stood out to me because everything else is just—I mean, hell, Al's in a Hawaiian shirt most of the time. So yes,
0: well, that's what mm-hmm. thats thats weird out.
2: It's, it's, that's weird out. So,
1: Chad, I think I have to go with the rainbow suit. <laughs> that's a really it's, good one <laughs> it, it's it's bad but I like the fact Al said hey sometimes it was raining and I got really cold and so I would just put on this ridiculous bodysuit for warmth it wasn't even for shooting and I just like that image of Al walking around in this ridiculous muscle shirt
0: uh, mine's gonna be take that ridiculous thing off <laughs> like, and then he pulls off the mustache change one thing Alex it's gonna be hard nope Nope, nothing. Push.
2: Oh wow, he's
0: he's, he's being hard on these he's segments. Difficult. He's being hard on some of these segments. He's he's a tough cookie. Let me,
2: let, me, let me go back. I mean, it it literally holds the test of time. It's still funny, even if you don't understand. He even said
0: no to some of the layups, like add a blooper reel or add like you know like like the the, the easy the easy ways out. He's he's taken he's taken the uh, the hard the path that's uh, less traveled. Chad, how about you?
1: This is the part where I make everyone mad, but I want rid of the Be- Beverly Hillbillies Money for Nothing music
2: video. Oh. But he's a daydreamer. I, a I, I, I I have a huge question for this. Do you like the Dire Straits song? I do. I'm not, and, I'm
0: not a huge fan of the Dire Straits song, but I love the video and that, like... I mean, like, like it, it. You know,
2: the, it is literally the only parody song... You're going to take out all the Weird Al songs?
1: So, so, this just reminds me more of like watching an episode of Beavis and Butthead. And I never really liked that Ugh. style of, okay, we're doing things. And then in the middle, we're going to plop a music video. And then we're going to go back to doing something else. I just, that's never worked for me. So, yeah, I understand. I am in the extreme minority. No. Nope. Ma- be mad at me.
0: That's my change. One thing is going to be I want to show a series kind of. Quick cut, fast failed jobs when Bob's going through telling him, like, when they got fired from the fast food place and they're, again, around the Twinkie Dog scene, and he's like, things that didn't work out for them, it doesn't really sound funny in dialogue. I think fast visual cuts to failed jobs or people firing Al very quickly or things that might have gone wrong, like, while he was daydreaming, like, I don't know, like, painting and then, like, having, like, the wrong color be on the side of the house and be like, you're fired and, like... You know, I want a bunch of stuff like that happening.
1: Stuff like Jazz and Uncle Phil just getting tossed out of various places. Yes!
0: Exactly! Ah, oh gosh, that's that's perfect. Best quote. <sighs> I hate to keep
2: going back to it. From the
3: firehose! Joel
2: Miller! You just found the marble in the oatmeal. You're a lucky lucky boy. You know why? You get to drink from... The oh, fire hose. It's it's just. I mean, it, uh, what 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 was the clown? What was the clown? I mean, it, Bobo. Yeah, Bobo. No, 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 no. I mean, in real life, it was it was phasing out. Oh, Bozo, we
0: Bozo, Bozo, the clown.
2: I mean, that's that's hundred percent what it was because Bozo was the Price Is Right for. Oh, that's Kit. a good
0: point. With with pies, yeah. Which, by the way, The Price is Right could use pies.
2: All the slapstick stuff, all the slapstick stuff was just for the kids. But Bozo the Clown was nothing but advertising.
0: It's an idea for something that Weird Al had, had before this. Before he ever got to this, so he had been saving it, and this was the right place for it. So I mean, I'm that's liable.
1: a reference that kids will not get now. It's like, yeah, we used to have a clown sell us stuff from advertisers as a cartoon, and it was fun, and nobody had a problem. It
2: was with mid-show. It. Yeah,
1: it, it was prior that's to That's what it.
2: keeps you on air, you know. It was prior to it becoming a big thing. But the, but the, that's, that's the thing. I mean, like, I don't think. Was it? A lot of people knew that Price is Right was just a commercial.
0: It's true yeah, That's yeah they, i don't think i don't think a
2: lot of people noticed it
0: commercial
1: yeah
0: all right chad best
1: quote right now i'd like to show you one of my favorite cartoons it's a sad depressing story about a pathetic coyote who spends every waking moment of his life in the futile pursuit of of a sadistic roadrunner who mocks and laughs at him as he's repeatedly crushed and maimed. I hope you enjoy it.
0: <laughs> Good delivery.
2: Excellent delivery. Yeah. And, and and that just shows the 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 death of Weird Al. I mean, the two extremes...
1: The sadness and then the cracking of the voice. I love it. We have done this before two or three
0: times on the show, but my my best quote's definitely still going to be, okay, you can go for what's in the box uh, that hero Sang is bringing down the aisle. Right now, what's it going to be? I'll take the box. The box. You took the box? Let's see what's in the box. Nothing! Absolutely nothing! Stupid! You're so
2: stupid! Does that compare to when the first time that you meet Fuji and his students are literally doing kick out the window. Out the window.
0: Yeah.
2: And then Fuji looks out and he goes, Stupid!
0: <laughs> uh, well, he's just saying, how's the karate class going today? I got a new batch of students. They are so stupid. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I love it. I, it's a total flat stereotype that might not play well today, but I love it. It's hilarious. I think it's done with love, and the guy who plays Cooney does a great job of it. I think I know where this is going, Alex. We've come full circle on a scale of five stars with half star intervals. What are you giving UHF? Four point eight. Very nice. Yeah.
2: I mean, I'm I'm, I'm
0: gonna round up to that. I'm gonna call that a five. That's fine. No, no,
2: no, 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 no. Nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. Okay. Oh, you. We. I encounter these
0: people. I'm I'm an easy five guy. Like I just. Chat, chat. No,
2: no, 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 nothing's perfect. I mean, that, yeah. uh, your 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 KPIs are always off if you if you give everything a five. So I do.
1: I, I, mean, I mean, you can have Russell's love for practically nothing. He yeah, he is a cheap kid.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would be the best for like social studies, science fair teachers. It's like that kid looks like he's having fun. I mean, the science is wrong, but he's just having a good time. Eh? A, <laughs> <laughs> so um, your oh. presentation skills are great. <laughs> it's all wrong, but I mean, hey, eh? go ahead, Chad. What's your um? Was your uh, UHF?
1: So I started this at three and a half, and it's a very loving three and a half. But I think talking about it, I'm going to go up to four. I think it's such a charming cult classic. I'm I'm a sucker for Weird Al. Four stars. I enjoyed it. All right.
0: All right. I'm I'm going to go four and a half. All right. So All right. I think the only thing that might have kept this from going higher for me is just maybe making it more of a cultural thing with more people quoting it all the time. You have to find your comedy nerds out there who like this. And when you do, I'm kind of excited. I'm just like, oh, you've seen it. <laughs> like My people. Yeah, exactly. So um, I feel like when you just quote, I mean, obviously Monty Python's the one everybody goes to, but it were Austin Powers. But I mean, when something enters the cultural zeitgeist like that, it can just elevate it beyond the movie itself. UHF deserved that. So for Weird Al fans, it is that. All right, Chad, do you want to help me pick a movie for next time before we close out the show? I would love to. Yeah, that's perfect because we hope you can feel the love because it's that Valentine's Day time. So uh, for the ladies, we've got three Nicholas Sparks movies for you to choose from. It's not just for the ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Option one, A Walk to Remember from 2002. Two North Carolina teens, Landon Carter and Jamie Sullivan, are thrown together after Landon gets in trouble and is sentenced to perform community service. Option two, The Notebook from 2004. A poor yet passionate young man, Ryan Gosling, falls in love with a rich woman, Rachel McAdams, giving her a sense of freedom, but they are soon separated because of their social differences. And, And option three, Knights and Rodanth. From 2008, a doctor who is traveling to see his estranged son, Sparks, with an unhappily married woman at a North Carolina inn.
1: Gotta go, many more Walk to Remember.
0: All right. It will be a podcast to remember, I have no doubt.
1: Oh, can't wait.
0: All right. And Alex, thank you for coming on for your first time. We, we really enjoyed it, man.
2: Guys, I, I really appreciate you having me on for, uh, for the show. Good catching back up with both of you. Uh, we've, we've known each other for better than 20 years now yes um, and uh it's uh it's good seeing you guys i hope to be back
0: yeah, that's right Definitely. and thank you all the lords ladies and knights of the retro movie roundtable we invite you to reach out to us because we want to hear from you so subscribe right to us on apple podcast spotify google Podcasts, stitcher wherever you get us subscribe to our youtube channel give us a like on facebook instagram follow us on twitter at movie underscore retro emails at retromovieroundtable@yahoo.com roundtable yahoo.com and support us on our patreon page at www.patreon.com 4 slash Retro Movie Roundtable. All contributions are much appreciated and will go towards making the show better for you, the listeners. As always, thank you for listening, be good to each other, and watch more movies. Chet?
1: Well, there's three of you. You're not exactly alone. Shouldn't you be the three Rangers?